We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get to the team aspect of it. Let's get to it. And the topic is, and we'll be somewhat brief with this one, is there is a lot of – we talked a lot in the past, you and I, about the new staff mm-hmm. and the expectations and the pressure on the new staff. But what we're not talking about is the returners could ultimately be the difference between this being a good football team that's 10-2, and 11-1, yeah. And a football team that's got a chance to to play for a championship, which is the standard at Notre Dame, right? And we said that last week. And when you look at it, it's because it's not a long list. Because what the original co- conversation when Sean and I talked earlier this week was, okay, uh, which one has the most pressure or has has to do the best? And we're like, yeah, I mean, they all they all have to. Like as we talked, there's like they we can't pick one. Like it's Tommy Reese, it's Mike Mickens, it's Crystal Leary. Right. You, you, you can't pick just one. Right. You've got to have you got to have all three of them, because if if Reese does well, but Mickens and O'Leary don't or one of them two don't, then that hurts your that hurts your your, your team's not going to be as good. Right. If the two defensive guys do well, but Reese doesn't, then you, you're not you're, you're not going to be good enough on offense to beat to beat the best teams on your schedule. They all have a lot of pressure on them. And, and so it's kind of, it's almost as if like i'm i'm assuming success from more of the returners i mean the new guys at times and then the returners and i think part of it is is because on defense the return the returning coaches are at the positions where there's the biggest question marks about the talent and the pro- the proven talent is more of what i'd like to say not so much the talent because i think corner has a lot of talent yeah you had coach mickens on your show recently i think there's a lot of talent at corner it's not a lot of proven talent. And I'd yeah. say the same thing at safety because the two most proven safeties among the returning returners at safety are not in your top three in regards to just pure athleticism and talent. Brandon Joseph has a ton of experience, but not at Notre Dame in this defense. So I think, I think the two DB coaches, Sean, have a lot of pressure on them. Mike Mickens, Crystal Leary has to, to get even more out of that group than he did at the end of last year. And I thought, one of the most underrated coaching jobs of anyone on the staff last year was what Chris O'Leary did after Kyle Hamilton went down. Absolutely. They were better after Kyle went down than they were before. 
that's not because Kyle went down. It just speaks to the way that he was able to get them to prepare mm-hmm. down the stretch against some teams that had some decent offenses. And so I, I thought that was impressive. They got exposed a little bit in the bowl game, but I think that had a lot to do with you're putting guys in positions that they just shouldn't have been in. Yeah. You had no choice. That's who you had. Right. Well, you've got Ramon Henderson going into year two at safety. Xavier Watts goes into year two at safety. Now you bring back Brandon Joseph, who you've had some interesting claims on, and I don't dis- disagree with you, although others might, about his impact of the safety. So he's got to get that group going. He's got to get that group going. But Mike Mickens especially is 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 a guy that's a little bit – I don't want to say under the – under. you know, I think – I don't know if the spotlight is brightest on him. I think that's still Tom Reese. But he is a very, a very important position because he has some, he has a potential star in Cam Hart that he has to get to play like a star, right? He's got to get, he's got to help get Cam get to that next level. Now, I've talked to some sources. Cam is down in Florida working out right now. The players return June 5th for summer school. I had a couple reach out, people reach out to me that, that know some of the players that are also down there. And they're like, the, the responses are like, people are like, this is not the same Cam Hart that we knew before. He is absolutely just a man possessed right now, like super hungry. And I think part of it is, is because what's happening on their schedule. He's, he's had some interesting words about USC and, mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. of these other schools. And it's like, okay, I got Jackson Smith and Jigba. I got Jordan Addison and Mario Williams. You know, I got the Clemson receivers. I got, I got Jordan, Ad- you know, I got uh, I'm trying to think some of these other kids on the, on the list, you know, Zay flowers, right. Yeah. From BC. Josh Downs from North Carolina. Like there's some dudes that receiver on the Notre Dame schedule. And Cam knows that there's an opportunity in front of me, not only to help my football team win, but yeah. if I can lock these dudes down, I get my chance to go out and be a high draft pick. Right. Yeah. And he is he is working out like a man possessed. Now, Coach Mick's got to take him to that next level. But the bigger task is because even if Cam just kind of is a slightly better version of himself from last year, it's still pretty darn good football player. Right. The next question is can he get Tariq Bracey to solidify himself in the slot? And can he get one? Can he get one to two of those younger players to step up and be to force themselves onto the field? You know, talking to a source the other day, Sean, it it was the problem with put not the reason they didn't put in Barnes and Riley and those guys last year was they just weren't able to consistently execute. Right. They would show flashes, but it, it when you play this schedule that Notre Dame played, especially when the, the margin for error was so thin because you lost to Cincinnati early, mm-hmm. it's like we can't afford to give up that big play because there wasn't a lot of confidence in the offense that they could go out and outscore people, which is right. which I under after the first month of the season, I understand that. You barely beat Florida State, you barely beat Toledo. Right. You didn't exactly blow Purdue out of the off the off the field. Wisconsin game was far more competitive than the final score dictated. And you know, so it's like <laughs> Virginia Tech was super close. You lost to Cincinnati. It's like we can't afford to put a young kid on there and he's going to make seven or eight straight really good plays and then blow a coverage and give up a touchdown. Yeah. Right? Like you just can't do it. Well, that consistency got better. Philip Riley got better this spring in the slot. Ryan Barnes had a, from everyone I've talked to, had a great spring. Yeah. Great spring. So to me, the key is Ryan Barnes is the key, in my opinion. Because Ryan Barnes stepping up and emerging this this uh, this summer and into the fall uh, accomplishes three very important things. Number one, it gives you incredible length of corner. Number two, it allows you to use Clarence Lewis as more of a part of a rotation that can play boundary, can play field, can play some nickel, 
you can protect if you can play Clarence Lewis for 30 to 35 fewer snaps a game because he had to be on the field all the time last year. Right. Then you can then protect him better. Now he becomes better and it takes the pressure off the freshman, Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison to now if they play, it's because they're just too good to keep off the field. As opposed to we got to play them because these guys aren't panning out. Yeah. So if Benjamin Morrison and, and Chance Tucker's, you know, another kid along with Philip Riley that's that's really coming along. I think I think Ryan Barnes is the key. But if it's not him, if it's Philip Riley breaks out, if it's Chance Tucker breaks out, the 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 bigger picture is one of those sophomores has to step up and prove himself. And if they do, then that it, it has the same it accomplishes the same objective. I just the reason I bring up Ryan Barnes is because number one, I just think he's the best of that group. That's a personal thing. And number two, from everybody I've talked to, Sean, and I and I think you've heard similar things. Ryan's the one that is ahead of the game when it comes yeah. to the younger players. Yeah. And Jaden Mickey's gonna play, but if if he doesn't have to play, then you can you can be more selective with how you use him, which makes him more effective. You know, maybe you play him more in the slot instead of outside, you know, where he rotates in with with mm-hmm. with uh um Tariq Bracey, maybe he plays some more boundary or some field, depending on how you're going to use those guys. So, and then same thing with Benjamin Morrison. There's just there's just less pressure on those guys, Sean, if Ryan Barnes. So I think for Coach Mickens, he's the guy to me defensively that has the biggest the biggest task because without Washington, it's like, dude, don't screw this up. Right. Like right. <laughs> we've had pretty darn good D lines. We're handing you some studs, a couple of potential All-Americans. Don't mess this thing up. Right. Yeah. Hey, Al Golden, we've had this defense rolling for a few years now. Just, you know, keep building on it. And with Coach Mickens, like that was a that was a weak spot of your football team last year. You've got to now make it at least good. That's to me the biggest test, in my opinion, of all the 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 first year coaches. He has the he has to make the biggest jump from where it was to what it is. I'm confident he's going to do it, but now he needs to go out there and, and get it done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let me get this right. Harry Heastan is not a returning coach, right? No, uh, he, he, he does not count, <laughs> right? Doesn't count. Uh, you could call it that, but he doesn't count. Uh, you know, so he so he's new. He replaces yeah. what was there. I love I love it. Yeah, it's hilarious. All jokes aside, though, everything you said about Chris O'Leary and the job he did after Kyle Hamilton went down with the injury, uh, spot on. And what you said about Coach Mickens, once again, spot on. You know, he was very clear how happy he was with how competitive his room mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And how that makes everyone in the room better. Yeah. I think when Cam Hart came back and spoke towards the end of the spring, when he finally came back from his surgery and was starting to rehab and do drills on the field, he talked about how the youngsters are different than me but i love it because i see they put in the work and he's talking about those young young guys that are a little bit more exuberant cam's just really laid back great kind of leader you want to have in the Mm -hmm. room people listen when he speaks they respect what he's done on and off the field and they know that they can follow him right tariq bracy's a kid that has kind of gone through it right he comes in he's solid wasn't a speedster technician no, he yeah. is a speedster, though. Tariq's a speedster. He and he loses it for a little bit, yeah. loses his technique, fails a little bit, gets himself mm-hmm. back in. Gets benched. I mean, gets benched let's be real. He flat got benched in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. He you're being back. nice because you're a day, you got church tomorrow. You're being nice. He flat lost it and got benched yeah. in 2020 yeah. and bounced back. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I said that Clarence Lewis is a, He'll decide right. how he ends up and how his narrative is written this season, the way he plays. But he has someone in Tariq Bracey right. that he can talk to right. about how to get through that mentally. Coach Mickens pointed out to us, you know, Coach Mickens started as a freshman at Cincinnati. Yeah. Under Brian his own problems. So yeah. he knows what Benjamin Morris and the Jay Mickey are yeah. dealing with and the level they have to be at to be able to get on. It's the why field. he's had success with freshmen in the past. Absolutely. Nick Johnson at Bowling Green, mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati. Yes. I want to talk about Clarence Lewis. Cl- Clarence Lewis to me, I actually liked Clarence Lewis coming out of high school, to be honest with you. I, I thought, but I, he was a three and a half star kid that I gave a four star upside grade to. Yeah. The the, the thing about Clarence that I, I think he gets a bad rap 
understandably because he just didn't play well last year. I mean, there's yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He didn't play well last year against all the good teams they played. Yeah. But the problem is Clarence was thrust into a role he wasn't recruited to play, meaning they didn't recruit Clarence Tom- Clarence Thomas. They didn't recruit Clarence Lewis to, to be a guy that was going to start in the playoff game as a true freshman. Right. He was thrust into that because Tariq Bracey collapsed and poor recruiting in the past. Right. Right. And if they right. didn't get Nick Martin, if they didn't get Nick McLeod that year, they'd have been really screwed in the corner at the yeah. cornerback. And and the same thing is true last year. He was not recruited to be the guy at corner last year. And then you got hurt by the fact that his his first year as a true freshman, people forget, was the weirdest year we've seen of my lifetime. No spring ball. You had you, you start you get a late start on fall camp. You 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 go through a period when the season starts where you miss basically two weeks because the program shuts down because of COVID, right? Like we forget a lot about that because we're kind of back to normal in a lot of areas. Yeah. We forget about the fact that that was one of the and that was that's what Clarence had to go through his first year at Notre Dame. Then there's a defensive coaching change, and they went from being a more of a zone oriented team to a man oriented team, which is not his game. He's not a man guy, especially as a sophomore. He was thrust into a role that he wasn't prepared for, and he's now entering this phase of his career that I thought he'd start to emerge. Mm-hmm. And and so how he bounces back mentally is going to be key because I think he's getting fizz bigger, he's stronger, he's a little bit quicker than he was in the fall. I thought athletically he looked better in the spring than he did, which is kind of what we thought would happen. I thought he was a guy that needed time to develop. And so the struggles that he's had, if he mentally bounces back, I think are going to benefit him. But this is when we expected Clarence Lewis to start to emerge is now. Yeah. And, and had he had Notre Dame's recruiting at corner, not been a mess beforehand and they not lost all those kids in 2017, you know, they had Thomas Graham was a silent commit. They had Paulson Adebo committed. They had Elijah Hicks committed uh, who ended up going to Cal, you know, they lost kids that, you know, kids didn't develop all this other kind of stuff to where he's thrust into the lineup. If Clarence Lewis was allowed to kind of sit out as a freshman be a special teams rotation corner last year, our impression of him going into this year would be different based on the spring he had because he had a good spring. The positive is, is from everything I've been told from my sources, and I know Coach Mickens has talked about this, Coach Freeman's talked about this, it sounds like Clarence has not allowed his struggles last year to mentally affect him at all. If anything, it's kind of ticked him off and made him hungry, which is what you want to see. That tells me we don't know if Clarence has the – athleticism to play corner at a high level at a place like Notre Dame. Yeah. We're going to find that out this year. Yeah. But what he has shown me this offseason, Sean, is he's got the mindset to be a cornerback at this level. Yeah. And that's a great place to start. The one so thing that, that's that my I, take on it. The one thing, and I fully believe that Coach Mickens and his entire room will be able to improve upon their performance last year which wasn't i can't deem it as bad right you know but i will i think that you you can't yeah. i just i mean I just think from a number standpoint they were asked to do certain things and i don't think they were equipped 
I don't disagree with that, but yeah. the fact is the results were not good. Oh, the results are not good. No, right. That's what no. I'm saying is bad. Yeah. We can I, I, we can talk about all the that. reasons why. I um, and and I just like I agree with what you're saying, Sean. But yeah. I'm just saying what I'm referring to when I say bad is the result. The, the end result. result. Yeah. Whatever the circumstances yeah. were, the end result was not yeah. good. Ball game was bad. Right. Well, there's Cincinnati no was bad. Cincinnati was bad. No, and, and if Wisconsin no, had a quarterback that could complete a pass beyond yeah. 10 yards, that would have been bad because he got smoked bad. a couple times that Absolutely. game too. Absolutely. And the one thing you can see in recruiting, and, and Brian, we talked about this, like looking at the guys that they've offered 23, especially in 24, what you see is a variety. You have the big kids, you know, that like to play off man. You have the smaller kids. Even though they're long, they're a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. they can run and they can play man to man. There's so much variety. And when I watched practices, I saw a variety of coverages. I saw them working on zone coverages and the specifics of zone coverage and how important communication is in zone coverages and working with Mm -hmm. the safeties and working with one another. Everything they've been working on, I think you're going to see the fruits of their labor come to fruition during the season. I really do. And I think the depth that is there that maybe they didn't have last year because of the inconsistency of the mm-hmm. younger guys, they're more consistent. Even on the back end with the safeties, with Xavier Watts. Now, is there someone that surprises us and steps up and becomes yeah. a guy? Right. Like Cam Hart stepped up and became a guy. Remember, right. we were questioning, like, okay, he's coming over from offense. Right. The talent's there. The talent's is he going to be able to, to 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 make the transition and all that? And kind all of, of a stuff, sudden, right. Cam Hart becomes. No, I'll oh, say okay. Vince didn't question him. Vince was riding the Cam Hart hype train yeah, day one. <laughs> I mean, day one, Vince yeah. was riding that train. He was the yeah. conductor of the Cam Hart hype train. There's no yeah. question about it. <laughs> so, so, right. With that, but I want to go to something that you talked about Ryan Barnes. And he said something this week. You know, he was on with the Irish Players Club, and he spoke about team morale. Look, Mm -hmm. especially as a young player, when you're trying to get better and feel free to play, and you don't feel like every mistake is being, like, looked at, and you're not having confidence. I'm not trying to open the doorway for you, Brian. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, look at your face. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Okay, I'll alley you. I'll throw the alley you. But you can speak to this on the coaching staff. Young players, they have to feel like they're allowed to develop without being put down when they make a mistake. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like being a parent. Like, if your child makes a mistake, it's like you admonish that mistake. You point it out. Like, hey, I don't want to see that again. Right. All right. But once you admonish it and you talk about it, you let them know you're going to be okay. Now let's get back to doing it the way I asked you to do it yeah. or you were you know, instructed right. to do it. And I think there's more morale in the locker room. I think there's more morale in the program. And I think that within itself – is going to give us a lot of development, especially amongst the younger players that we possibly didn't see in previous years. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. I'm really, I'm really excited to see what this young defensive backfield can do. I'm gonna choose to let that one go by. I'll just add this. 
there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to demand excellence. Well said. I think the program now is in a position of with the leadership of Marcus Freeman and Al Golden and Mike Mickens and Al Washington and Chris O'Leary, mm-hmm. where the standard is going to be just as great, if not higher than it was. Yeah. But the manner in which it is taught and enforced and reinforced is going to be completely different. Yeah. And that's where there's the change in culture. I think there's this misconception that Marcus Freeman as a player's coach means when a guy makes a mistake, he walks up and he hugs him and says, don't worry, it's going to be okay. No, nah. Trust me, that ain't it. But there's a level of trust that exists now, top to bottom, that I don't think existed before. No. And I'll leave it at that. And that creates a much better learning environment. And I'm going to I'm, – I'm, I'm, What you just said, you know, I'll give you a great example from the Blue and Gold game. Mm-hmm. Early in the game, this and this will go to how one play could probably change someone's entire day. There was a key third down early in the blue and gold game. Drew Pine throws an out route to Deion Cozy. And it's tight coverage. Mm-hmm. But Drew Pine puts it in between defenders. Yeah. And Deion Cozy goes up in the air, just doesn't come down. Right. Right. This is two series later. There's a break. And Dion, it's the change of the quarter. And they're switching sides. And Dion is running down the field. And you see Freeman jogging. He says, Dion. And Cozy turns to him and says, Hey, I got to have that from you. We got to have that. And it's amazing how that third down conversion mm-hmm. could have possibly led to a positive drive, a successful drive, could have gotten Drew into a nice lather a good rhythm early in the game and could have changed like the entire performance of the day. And it's like, yo, he's letting Deion Cozy know, no, that's not good enough. Right. No, no. We, we expect more from right. Like right. when that pass, the, the fade route in the end zone, you couldn't get your feet down. Like you came down with the catch, but we need you. We need six. You matter. Right. You are an important part of this offense and you have to be able to make that right. play. And so that's what you're talking about, being able to build up guys, but at the same time admonishing like, yo, that is not good enough. That's right. not what we expect. The standard is going to be high. It's yeah. how they go about getting there. It's going to be the yeah. change. And that's all I'm going to say on that subject. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I did want to address one more thing regarding Clarence Thomas is Clarence Lewis, Clarence Lewis. 
Should have watched that documentary last weekend. I keep saying Clarence Thomas. Uh, Clarence Lewis. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have to understand is I expect, and I can't get too much into this, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. We're not going to see the same coverage structure this year that we saw last year, mm-hmm. which is going to better fit Clarence Lewis's skill set. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Barnes' skill set, too. So that's one thing I think we're going to see a little bit differently this year. I don't think we're going to see Clarence Lewis being put on an island all game playing man coverage like he did last year when he was getting in trouble. Yeah. that That's all I'm going to say. And I think yeah. that's going to help Clarence as better as yeah. well. It's going to help yeah. Clarence as well. Offensively, I mean, Sean, we're going to have a whole show on this later. But obviously the task for Tommy Reese is very, very clear. Your job is to make this a championship caliber offense. Marcus Freeman is giving Tom Reese a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom to say, okay, you want to build the offense this way? Have at it, Hoss. Here's my expectations. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, right? Like, so you wouldn't turn the ball over a bunch. But it's, it's, it's general expectations, right? Right. Other than that, have at it, Hoss, and get her done, you know? And, and so he's allowed Tommy Reese to emerge as the face of the offense, which was never the case before. I don't care whether it was Chip Long, whether it was Mike Denbrock, whether it was you know Coach Martin, whether it was the first guy whose name I don't even want to say today because I'm in a good mood. You know the first OC that Notre Dame had, whether it's you know Junior Mike Sanford Junior, doesn't matter who it's been. And then Tommy recently, the face of the offense was always Brian Kelly, right. Now Marcus Freeman is allowing Tom Reese to emerge into that to that spotlight and say, "You're now the face of the offense. You set the tone. You set the agenda. You do what you know. You feel this needs to be done. But the expectation is is that your offense is going to be as good, if not better, than the defense. That's your objective. That's your goal. We got to be able to say we can go win a championship because of our offense. And then, of course, the task to out Golden is you got to get it to where we can go win a championship because of the defense. But that's Tommy's objective." And and I'm digging it, right? I mean, he he's got the staff. He, he, he there's no more blaming the failures. I think Tommy Reese designed and called games really well last year. The execution just wasn't there a lot of the time. And now, you know, some of that falls on him because you know his role as OC. You've got to build, but when you can't block people and you can't get off the line and you can't catch and gets tight coverage there's not a whole lot in your tool belt as a coach that you can go to. And we but stand on th- that hill, right? Like there was right. nothing else to do in, in the Fiesta ball. Right. I, there's like, no run play to call. Like you're getting your butt kicked up front. There, there's no, there's no like, well, let's yeah. do this. Like you could have maybe called a play to sneak some yards, but that's working once, you know? And, and, but those excuses are gone now, right? Like yeah. they're gone. You've got Harry, he stand back. You've got Chancey Stuckey. You lost one of the better running back coaches in the business and upgraded this offseason, in my opinion. You lost a really good veteran tight ends coach and upgraded this offseason, right? Absolutely. Like, this is a significantly better coach. And even if Chancey Stuckey's just okay, you upgraded at wide receiver and you went and went from, to me, a very mediocre offensive line coach to the best in the business or one of the two or three best in the business, right? Yeah. You could talk, you put Bill Ben Ball in that conversation, put Kyle Flood in that conversation, but Harry Heastan is in that conversation. There's no question about it. And if you don't believe me, 
try listening to one of the offensive line clinics this summer when they have all the best offensive line coaches get together, do like clinics and stuff. You'll hear here, you'll hear, hear Harry Heastan's name mentioned by 10 or 12 different coaches about his influence on them. He's one of the best in the business. There's no more excuses. And I don't think Tom Reese is looking for any. I think this is what he's wanted. Yeah. Now it's time to say put up or shut up. And I'm looking forward to it because I really think he's going to get this offense rolling. I'm excited about it. But I'm just setting the stage for what the reality is. Whatever we think will or won't happen, the reality is the expectation is that Tom Reese needs to get this offense going. Yeah. No more Brian Kelly holding it back. It's now up to you to go show that you are one of the best minds in the game. I don't care about the 29 years old or 30 or what. That's not an excuse anymore either. You're going into year three as an OC. If It's time to go show that you are one of the best minds in the game. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. But that's the expectation. That's the standard. Right, Sean? And not yeah. just do it to where you hung up a 60 spot on UNLV. Yeah. You only score 17 in Columbus. And then you're like, hey, we're averaging like, you know, 38 points a game or whatever like that. Right? I mean, that that's not it. Right? Yeah. It's you got to be able to go score in Columbus. You got to score against Clemson. You got to be able to score against BYU. You don't have to score 50 a game against those teams, but you got to be able to go out there and put points on the board to a level that allows you to go out there and win those football games. That's the expectation. So there's a lot on the, on the, there's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on the returning coaches. And Mike Mickens has a lot of it. He's the guy that has the, to me, the greatest pressure on him on defense. Tommy Reese clearly is that guy on offense. He's got to be able to bring all those new faces together, get them working cohesively. That's on him. Like the staff working cohesively, that's not on Marcus Freeman. That's on the OC. Yeah. And he's got to be able to do that. Right. And if they can get that rolling, man, then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Everything you just pointed out, the production of the offense, you have weapons. Mm -hmm. You ask for Harry Heastan, you got him. Uh You ask for Chancey Stuckey, you got him. Mm -hmm. You got everything. Turn down some experienced, really good football coaches to get him. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you have everything. You have all the ingredients. And you just went out and got one of the best running back coaches in the business. It's got a Super Bowl ring. Absolutely. So this meal you prepare this year better be pretty mm-hmm. darn good. That's right. <laughs> we give you everything That's right. you need. The only thing they got him that he didn't maybe necessarily want was the tight ends coach. Right. A guy who was an offensive coordinator at Power 5 school a year ago. Right. Because he's tight with Marcus. Right. That's not an excuse because that's a good football coach. That's so, a real good football coach. second thing to look at. And I really just thought about this as you were talking. I'm going to watch how the quarterback situation is handled. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's going to watch how Tyler Buckner plays. Mm-hmm. I want to watch how the quarterback situation between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine is handled by Tommy Reese. That's what I'm watching. Sean? And you know exactly – what I'm pointing to without pointing to it. I am not touching that one today. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask that you'll do while I'm setting up the table for the next topic. Okay. I want you to put, if you can, yeah. put a link to your guys' show uh, with Malik that you and I were talking about last night. Can you yeah. link that in there so people can listen sure. to that? Sure. Because for all the people that have questioned me for what I've been saying about the quarterback development and coaching – and what, why it's been a problem where it's never been a talent problem. It's always been a head coach problem. Listen to the show that top, that, that, that Sean and Malik had yesterday. So if you could put that link in, in the box below, I would really appreciate that. Sure.